Thank you so much for joining us today. We'd love to know how this ministry is impacting your life. So please take a moment and email us at mystory at cowboyjunctionchurch.com. Also, if you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at cowboyjunctionchurch.com and click give. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Welcome, everybody. So glad you're here. Can you take your Bibles when you go to Matthew chapter 13? We're in a series that we've been on for a while now, and I'm glad we've been on it. We're going to camp out on it for a, a long time, not super long, but long enough, because it is something that is so important, I believe, not only for me, but for everyone in this room. There is a moment that I feel, really feel like I've seen it time and time again. Our faith gets stretched. We do tend to get comfortable. I love comfort. I love comfort. However, everybody, let me throw the however. Comfort is fine in your faith, okay? But there are times that you will find that the only way that you're ever going to see what God's put in your heart to see, to know what only God can show you, you've got to get comfortably uncomfortable. And he will stretch your faith. And he will ask you to step out in faith. This has nothing to do with anything you do, but it's everything that he does through you. That's huge. Because if you've ever grown up in a church where they keep telling you what you got to do, 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 it becomes very burdensome. It is the yoke that no one wants to carry. However, when you learn to have that personal relationship with Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, you will find that you are doing something that he's doing through you. That's huge. That's major. And so for everybody in the room right now and say, that says, well, I'm kind of comfortable. I'm, I'm just at the point to where I'm just good enough. And that, that's not a bad thing. But to be at that point where you're like, I'm, I'm really doing good. Don't screw things up now, Ty. Okay? Time out. We all need to get stirred up a little bit. Okay? We all need to get our faith stretched. Now, with that, I just want everybody to kind of loosen up this, this morning. Everybody loosen up. We're going to have a lot of fun. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. And I've been on this series called, That's What I'm Talking About. That's what I'm talking about. But today, I want to talk to you about everyone in the room that would say, I ain't talking about it. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. It's kind of like, like going uh, water skiing for the first time, okay? And your buddies tell you, hey, listen, you just come, we'll show you what to do. And you get there, and you're sitting in the boat, and you watch the guy behind you in a slalom, all by you, and he's just sitting back there. And the next thing you know, the guy driving the boat just goes, wah, wah, and he jumps out of the water, and it yanks him out of the water. The next thing you know, you see him just taking corners like nobody's business and hitting ramps if you're at a little lake that has a ramp in it and he's flying through the air and your eyes are this big and then they turn to you and they say it's your turn and you go that ain't what I'm talking about <laughs> no that, that, that ain't what I'm talking about at all or your buddies who talk you into going and doing some fun stuff they do and they're bull riders and you get there and you find out that they're bull riders and you go, that ain't what I'm talking about man I am not doing that and, and the thing is is that sometimes as a growing Christian, we dig, we love this introductory side of becoming a Christian. We all need Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. 
We all need to change, not because, not because change wins the heart of God. God already loves you. But change makes us more like the heart of God. And that's what I'm talking about. I want to be more like him. I want to look like my father. I want, to, I want people to say, you know, you look just like your dad. And they're talking about my earthly dad. My earthly dad's awesome. But when they say, you look just like your dad, they're talking about our father in heaven. That, that's, like, that's what I'm talking about. Would you agree? Yeah. I want to look back on my life and see. I remember when I was scared here, and I was scared here, and I was scared here. But every time I just stepped out in faith, I lost my fear, and I gained some confidence. And, and, and I love where God's brought me, and that's what I'm talking about. But have you ever been there to where now all of a sudden the pastor puts out there something that we all need to stretch, be stretched in, and we go, you know, I've come a long way, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure you're talking to me when you're talking about this. That ain't what I'm talking about. Let's just keep our eyes down, look forward, and think about what we want to order at Roses today. Because that ain't what I'm talking about, what you're talking about. And I would turn and say that every one of us needs to be sharpened. And today, I want to encourage you on the possibilities that you know people that nobody knows. And you are in areas that nobody is at. You will go places that I will never get to go. And the majority of this pe the people in this room will never get to go. And you have the ability to build relationships because of your personality, your connections, who you are, the things you know, the things that people would not, would, the questions people would ask you that they wouldn't even dare come to me because they don't care about me if they care about you. And the possibility that you have an avenue in your life to tell somebody about the love of God for them. Somebody is in your life that God has specifically put you there for to tell them how much God, our Father, has built a path through His Son Jesus so that they have a way to come back home to be the people that God's called them to be and how much that Father is sitting on the edge of heaven waiting for them to make that decision to come back home. You're where you're supposed to be with who you're supposed to be with. But today's encouragement is to go and be the salt and the light that our Father has asked you to be. It says this in Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? That's a great, a great question. If the salt that is there to bring the flavor loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then, no, it is, it is then good for nothing. You know that terminology. We use it out here in the Southwest a lot. It's just good for nothing. He's good for nothing. She's good for nothing. That's just good for nothing. But it's, it's this salt that loses its flavor, and it's just good for nothing. But instead, it's thrown out and it's trampled underfoot by men. Okay, time out. This, this, the salt here is Jesus speaking. These are Jesus' actual words. They're in the red letter edition, if you have a red letter edition Bible. And Jesus brings this illustration up of salt. And in the, is, this portion of Scripture, the way that salt is translated and used in this portion of Scripture, it's, it's speaking of salt being an influence. And a lot of people don't realize that you do have an influence. You are a leader in this community. In fact, the, the thing that you need to realize the most, and I say this so much, is some people would say, well, I'm not a leader. Nobody follows me. But you got to realize this, that every one of us are, are leaders because every one of us are responsible for leading ourselves. 
You cannot expect other people to lead you if you can't be the one that can lead yourself first. And people who can lead themselves well oftentimes are the leaders that end up leading others well. I know that a lot of people would turn and say, listen, follow me because I need your vote. Follow me because I'm a good person. But that's not what leadership is. To me, a leader is someone who can lead themselves first to then be a leader of others. Someone who has influence over themselves first. Someone who can turn to themselves and says, we are going to do this. And then they end up doing what it is they're telling themselves they're going to do. That's a great leader. And that's something that the Holy Spirit deals with first and foremost when he begins to turn to you and say, you're responsible for you. Quit blaming other people. Quit putting the responsibility of them. You get salty. You get salty leading yourself. And now's the time to make the decisions that don't affect anyone else but you. Because we can't be a good parent until we first lean how to le learn how to lead ourselves. We can't be a good boss until we first lean how learn how to lead ourselves. You can't change your spouse until you first take care of your choices first. And by the way, we can't change our spouse. And it's not your job either. You got to start with you. But here's this situation with saltiness. And when it comes to being a Christian, a Christ follower, and to then be an influencer in your community, you have to think about how this word, word salt is used. It, it's also translated savor. Savor, meaning about salt, is ever notice that you could take a piece of food and you can put it in your mouth and you can just chew it and, and swallow it. But if you add salt to it, you actually hold it in your mouth longer. You hold it on your tongue longer. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, listen, when it comes to presenting the good news of who I am, you are the salt of the earth that causes people to think about it a little longer, to chew on it a little longer, to take a longer look, a savor, if you will, you are different than me, and I'm different than you. And there's some people who are savoring the possibility of opening their life to Jesus for no other reason than they've seen Jesus in work, at work in my life. I don't know Jesus. I've never invited Jesus into my life. But Ty's a cool guy. Ty, Ty, Ty has some interesting things to say. He's a dork. But, but honestly, when it, when, when it comes down to it, it's amazing Ty has this ability to pause. And I like how Ty pauses before making a decision. I don't know much about Jesus, but if Jesus is what I see when I see Ty, I like Jesus. And that's the savor part that happens in your life too. You may think there's no change, but the reality is, is that your friends see the savory part of Jesus at work in your life, and they're watching and they pay attention. And that's something to re remember, that you are the salt of the earth. And this message today is to get you salty. I've talked about it several weeks ago to get salty. But, but salt also means to preserve you have an opportunity to change and improve the world you live in. Instead of the world getting worse, you have a, a, a way of if you would speak up, the world wouldn't get worse. It would actually get better.
if you would run for public office, if you would get involved, if you would get to where you're supposed to be, if you would be where you're supposed to be, you would find that you bring the world back up. You bring a preservation. And that's so important to realize. But the question I'm trying to bring up, how does salt lose its flavor? I found this word found in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. We've been studying Romans for the last couple of weeks. And in Romans, you remember 20, where it says, For since the creation of the world, his, that's God's invisible attributes, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Why did I want to start here? To show you that God is making himself evident everywhere you look. God right now is putting the food out there, showing that he's real, he's real in the mountains and he's real in the trees and he's real, in, he's real in the river and he's real in that baby calf that just got bored and he's real in your kids and he's real in your life and he's real in the people that he's put in your life. And all around you is evidence that God is everywhere. You just need to get salty and realize that we cause people to savor the things that can become so usual that are really unusual all around us. God is everywhere. But why don't people get salty when it's just that clear? Verse 21 identifies it. So it goes, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became, everybody say it, fools. Now, you may say, what does that word, word fools have to do in this? Well, the interesting thing is that when you look at the word flavor, the word flavor in the Greek that I read you a minute ago in Matthew is a word called morino. That's Greek word morino. And Heather always tells me, don't go to cowboy church and quote the Greek, okay? It's my message. I can do whatever I want to, okay? <laughs> and morino literally is where we take the word moron or moronic. Morino to moron. But this word fool, a minute ago describing salt that loses its saltiness, is the same word morino that's used to describe fools. Somebody who lost their saltiness. And why did they lose their saltiness? Why did they just not get salty in the world they're in? If God's making himself so evident, have you ever just stopped long enough to just see that nothing shows you the heart of God more than having kids? Just, just, have you ever loved something so much? Have you ever been so frustrated in something so much and love it so much at the same time? And you would go, God, I, I wonder if you've ever felt like this. Everywhere you look, God's at work. But even though they knew God, they didn't glorify him. They didn't get salty. They never got thankful. They become futile in their thoughts. Instead of making their thoughts better, instead of having the mind of Christ to think what he thinks, want what he wants, and does what he wants them to do, they let their thoughts slip. And their foolish hearts, sometimes your heart can deceive you worse than anything else can. You can know what you're supposed to do, but hear three people give you other advice, and you'll choose the three people's advice more than the word of God's advice. And we get foolish. And their hearts were darkened. Darkened, And even though professing to be wise, they became morino. They lost their saltiness. 
I want to read you the next verse. Uh, this is Matthew. We just covered salt. And then he says this. And there's a very really important reason I'm covering this. You are the light of the world. Everybody say, I'm the light. I'm the light. And a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket or on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Listen to the next verse. This is so important. This, is, this speaks to us. And then I'm going to get to my illustration today. Let your light, everybody say, that's my light. Yeah. So shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Christmas was just here. I love Christmas. Uh, I'm 44 years old, and I'm experiencing new kinds of Christmases. Um, Really, when you're at the age of teenagers and kids, you kind of put their Christmas list above everybody else's. And, and then there's turning to your wife and saying, you know, this is what I want for Christmas. And Heather's really good about telling me what I need for Christmas and what I want for Christmas. And she usually comes up with a really good list. But I've learned over the years that Heather knows exactly what my needs are. But I know exactly what my wants are. So I made her a list of all my needs And then I'm 44 years old, and I went and bought everything I wanted. (laughs) That'll preach right there. People don't know how to handle that. But let me say it again. I'm 44 years old, and I can get whatever I want. (laughs) Nobody knows how to handle that. Wait till you get to that point to where you're like, okay, I want a violin for Christmas. And everybody sits back and says, a violin? What do you want a violin for? It doesn't matter! I want a violin. If I just always wanted to sell a violin, it doesn't matter. It's what I want. So I bought a violin for Christmas. Went down there and bought the brand new one. And I learned a few things. Here's here's kind of what I learned. You don't necessarily have to play the violin to be a violinist. As long as you just carry the case around, everybody thinks you're a violinist. No joke. I walk out of music world. And care, I'm carrying and run into a dairy farmer here in town. And he opens the door. He goes, hey, Ty. I say, hey, what's up? He goes, I didn't know you play the violin. I mean, I have owned it for all of 15 minutes. And I go, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I did. And you know the funny thing about owning a violin is that you can walk out of the, the store and already be a violinist, and you haven't even looked at it yet. And the same thing's true in our life about being a Christ follower. See, the fact is, is that many in this room are Christians. But there's a difference between being a Christian and being a Christ follower. Think about this. Come on. And and one of the things that I always want to put in front of you is that being a Christian is the goal of not only the church, not only my heart, but I now want you to know that your faith will be continually stretched in Christ because Christ lives in you and the light of the world is in you. And the worst thing that can happen is for someone to give you an incredible gift like salvation and then for the rest of your life, all you are is a case-carrying Christian. When God is deeper than that and God is better than that and God is bigger than that. 
God has a plan. Our Father has a plan for your life. And so many times we live under such a production lifestyle, which we produce. We have to produce. We have to produce. It has to be good. It has to be good. And if it's not good, we tend to do two different things. We either quit or we get better. Have you ever saw somebody start something in their life and they'll do one or two things? They'll either quit or they'll get better. And that's what happens so many times in being a Christ follower. We think being a Christian is the end of the line. I cross the finish line. I'm there. But what if I told you there is so much more than just carrying the case? And one of the things I've been trying to put in front of you for the last several weeks is that there are people who don't know what you know, that Jesus made a way where there was no way that man could come up with. And salvation comes only from Jesus. And through his plan, and when we accept him as our Savior, when we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. The byproduct of having Christ as our Savior is that it changes us. It changes marriages. It changes the way we think. It it changes our, our, our attitude towards life. It changes the purpose of life. It changes our attitude towards our existence. Instead of us being here for X amount of years, all of a sudden we step into eternal value. You don't lose shelf life. You aren't bananas. That, that you one day you're here, and the next day you're brown, wrinkled up, and you get thrown in the trash. You are eternity, because life continues. And when we all of a sudden realize that that's the story of us, ever since we accepted Christ as our Savior, it, it, it gives us a purpose out there in the oil patch. It gives us a purpose at New Mexico Junior College. It gives us a purpose at our schools. It gives us a purpose in Lee County. And you may say, no, 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 I, I can't. That's, and that's what I'm saying, is when we say, that's what I'm talking about, and then we say, but I ain't talking about it. Maybe you're trying too hard, and maybe you should just realize the music's already there. You just got to get it out and start playing. And, and playing comes in many different forms. Um, as Fabian, will you, will you give me a C? Give me a C. Yeah. That was it. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Let, let me let me just try something real quick, okay? Let me So, so I got this for Christmas and, and let me show you Brady's facial expression when I play. She goes
We need a camera up here showing everybody's face back there. Faye, we just we just play. Let's play. I want to I want to show you guys why why this is such an important day, is because you need to realize that that for everybody in this room who you've begun your journey in following Jesus, man, sometimes. Man, I don't need to be I don't need to be the one representing Jesus. And I would tell you, no, 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 you don't understand. What you see as a wrong note, we see completely different. It, it's not even the note. We know what you're playing. We can hear it. We can hear it. It sounds rough. It sounds choppy. It sounds like a beginner. But we know, we all know what you're playing. Keep playing, keep playing. One of the last things that goes through a beginner's mind when they're playing is smiles. And yet when you open your eyes and you see those around you, you think you're making a mistake. And yet all those around you are smiling so big because we can see the heart because behind what you're trying to do. For every person in the room that you're just beginning this and you have the excuse, I can't, I can't. That's not what I'm talking about. I would tell you this. Sometimes you just got to turn your brain off and turn your faith on. You got to turn your brain off and your faith on. I, I practiced with Fabian earlier and I, and I, I, I sat down and, and I, I, I started playing and we're going to play Silent Night, and I start taking off. And he goes, what key are you in? What key are you in? And I've got this motto. We don't need no stinking key. Let's just play. (laughs) Key. We don't need no stinking key. And and Fabian, Fabian is accomplished. Fabian is, is not Fabian an amazing pianist? He's awesome. And Fabian says this. Fabian says this. Hey, if you want me to play with you, you're going to have to find what key you're in. Hey, if you want me to play with you, you're going to have to find what key you're in. And, and then I said, well, I don't even think I'm tuned. And he said, if you want me to play with you, you need to go tune your violin. And, and let me show you this. Let me show you this. Is that if there's everybody, anybody, let me talk to every teenager in this room. Sometimes, okay, just stop. Stop for a minute. Just stop for a minute. When, when you're playing, when, when you're a teenager and you're trying to live for Jesus, and you're like, tonight, I'm going to go to the party and I'm not going to drink. Because all you know is every time you've ever gone to the party. Oh, I, f- I forgot it. There we go. Every time you ever go to the party, you, you've always been the adder to the darkness. But now there's something different about you. And now you're going to go to the party, but you're not going to be a part of the darkness. And it makes sense in your head. It really does. It makes sense in your head. We get it. You're not going to partake, but you're going to go. And you're like the young believer who's going... And it's silent night. We get it. It's silent night. But then you go home and you tell your mom, Mom, I went to the party tonight, but I didn't drink. 
And mom, who with all her experience, begins to play. Let's do Silent Night. You ready? Here we go. One, two, three. <laughs> Watch her face. Watch his face and tell me if this isn't, isn't what your mom looks like. Watch his face and tell me if this isn't what your mom looks like. But I didn't drink. <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, hey, can you see what I'm saying? Come on. Who parent knows this look? Yes. And you're like, you're like, I know it's silent night. I know the songs about Jesus. I didn't know you went to parties. And I didn't know you drank. I can see something's different about you. I can see you want to be there for your friends. But when you match what you're playing against how the song actually goes, that's when you recognize that you can be sincerely wrong. And it's not for the beginner to turn to the accomplished musician and say, you're not doing it right. You're not, you're not doing it right. You're not. It's the accomplished musician saying, stop, slow down, get the first note right. Not really, it's horrible. But it's getting better. But it's getting better. And a lot of us lose patience with those around us. Because we want better for them. We want them to sound good, especially with your kids. Come on, do, would you like for your kids not to mess up in front of people? I hate it when they mess up in front of me, but I really hate it when they mess up in front of people and I want them to sound better. I want them to look better. And I need to stop and realize, you know what? Patience is the fruit of the spirit. And they're trying. And yeah, there's gonna be places they don't need to be going and that's when you get the tuning fork out and you work on it a little bit more. it all coming together and all of a sudden we find that that things things uh, you sound like this but did you realize that we all started somewhere I'm not going to talk about it I, I, I mean that's what I'm talking about but I'm not going to talk about it and um, I, I think you need to realize that playing badly sometimes is okay and they don't say that a lot in church. But playing badly sometimes is okay. Here's the thing. If you're on week three and you sound like this, you're improving. If you're on year three and you sound like this, something's wrong. If you're on week three and you're struggling with sharing Jesus with that one guy at work, 
you're intimidated, you're scared, and you haven't done it yet, that's okay. We have all wrestled that. But if you're on year three, and it's that one guy that you just haven't told about Jesus yet, something's wrong. Not that it's totally wrong. Just when was the last time you pulled your violin out? Have you been walking around with the case? Um, let, me, let me say this one thing. People who have the light get put in dark places. So for everybody in this room that you would say, you know who, you know who I like to be around? Other people with the light. Other people with the light, they talk like me. We have the same things in common. I like to hear the songs they sing. They like to see me singing with them. I, I, like, I like playing along. I, I like to be in the light. Is there anybody else in the room that you like being in the light too? Love being in the light. I love being in the light. But how come it is the very moment that you finally allow the light to shine inside of you, God takes you, gives you a whole new job, and puts you where there's total darkness? Something happens and a job promotion comes and you had all your little Christian buddies at work and now the next thing you know, you are in a completely different job and they don't even let you hang a cross on the wall. Well, guess what? People with the light get put in dark places because that's where God uses them. Can I, can I, let me tell you a story. There's a guy in our church, okay? Uh, in fact, he'll be here Monday night. Uh, for the sake of argument, just so you don't, you, just to save his name, let's just call him Danny, okay? Danny. And Danny started coming to our church with his wife, and Danny fell in love with Jesus. Now, I got to tell you about Danny. Danny is rougher than a cob. Danny is, D Danny grew up in downtown Houston, okay? And Danny's a big old boy, big old guy. And Danny fought for fun in downtown Houston, okay? Danny's a young guy. Danny's rougher than a cob. Danny will tell you a hell of a message, Todd. Okay, thank you. Danny is rough. Danny is rough. But Danny recently has fallen in love with Jesus. Danny then took his wife and said, we got to get active in echo groups. And Danny consistently every week, every week, every week loads his, him and his wife up and they go to Echo Group at one of our Echo Groups. And they got stories about one time I was in a fight. Uh, the leader came to me and said, man, I don't know what to do. And, 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 and uh, you know, Danny's rough. And I, I gave this, this staff member uh, my illustration. I said, does Danny ever sound like this in Echo Group? That's Danny. He said, that's Danny. And I said, yeah, we've all been there. But Danny just keeps growing and growing and growing. Danny was driving down the road the other day over by the airport. And he looked on the side of the road and there was a woman that was broke down who had a, bl a blasted tire, just blown tire. Danny's driving down the road and Danny thinks, someone has got to help that woman. And Danny flips at you in the middle of the, of the road, comes back, turns around, comes right behind the lady and gets out. And he says, ma'am, can I help you? This is just a few weeks ago, right in the middle of That's What I'm Talking About series. Danny gets out and says, can I help you? And she goes, well, I blew a tire. 
he goes, well, I can change it for you. You got a jack? And she said, no. And he said, well, I got a jack and I got a four point. I'll just take care of everything. You just, you just, you know, get in your car and I'll take care of it. And Danny goes, gets the jack and jacks the car up, gets the four point. Now Danny's on the ground and Danny said, I'm, I'm just about got the last lug nut off and I'm just, I'm, I'm getting the tire in my hand and I'm getting the tire off. And the next thing I know, he said, a truck comes out of nowhere. Just, and just does a sideways skid right next to his truck. And he hears the door fly open, the door slam, and he heard feet coming towards him. And Danny, while he's changing the tire, looks up to see a guy that's coming down on him like this. And while he's changing the tire and the tire's in his hand, the guy hits him as hard as he can right in the eye and busts his eye completely open. And if you don't think, uh, if you think I'm making this up, here's a picture of Danny's eye. Yeah, how about that? There's Danny's eye. That's all cleaned up. That's after it's all got stitched up. That's after the, the, uh, and Danny now is on the ground, tire in his hand, and everything that came in downtown Houston rises up inside of Danny. And Danny just stands up, and the guy just keeps getting shorter and shorter, and the guy just keeps looking up at Danny. And Danny turns, and he's holding the four point in his hand. And Danny says, I want to kill this guy. And he said, All I can do is just stop and pause he says I've never paused in my life and he says mister no joke mister I'm just trying to change this woman's tire and I was guessing that you are probably her boyfriend or husband I'm just trying to help her and the guy instantly says okay all right well go ahead And Danny said, before I get back down there, can I pray for you? <laughs> and the guy goes, yes. <laughs> Danny said, I've never prayed for anybody in my life. And Danny puts his hands on his shoulders and starts praying over his marriage, starts praying over his life, starts praying over who he is, starts praying for the man he is, and says amen. Gets back down, puts the tire on, puts the hubcap on, and never even says goodbye to the guy and gets in the truck and drives off. Calls his echo group leader and says, did I do it right? <laughs> did I do it right? And the, his echo group leader said, you sounded great to me. I, I don't know. Did I do it right? Did, did I did I hit that one note right? Did I do it right? Did I do it right? Oh, listen, you can't mess this up. Why are you so scared? Why, why are you so scared? Because to me, you're doing it just right. I see the difference. I see the change. The last part of Matthew says, don't let your light hide under a basket. Who am I talking to? 
Don't let your light be put under a basket. There is somebody at your work that needs you to be a friend. And I know you'd change their tires, and I know you'd go pick them up in the middle of the night, and they know that too. But do you realize that you have been given a gift that is the greatest gift mankind has ever known? What if you shared your experience with them? Last week, I sent you home with a tag. These tags are in your seat. And last week, I turned to you and I encouraged you, would you please go home and think about who that one person is? Not in a bunch of people. Who is that one person that God keeps putting them on your heart and saying, would you learn that one note and do your best? I'm with you. Let me show you how to do it. And I, I wrote my, my folks' name on there. I went against the pastor and I wrote two names. And we got our board in. There's little tabs on this board. And I want to be the first one to hang my names on there. And I don't... It's so stupid. I've been praying for those two people for nine months now. I just get to put their name up there. <clears throat> Our children in children's church are going to be asked to do the same. And every colored tag that you see hanging on this board is a child in our kids' church believing for someone's salvation. Not, it, may, it may be a kid, it may be an adult. All the black ones you see represent our teenagers and someone they're believing God for. But we're going to fill this whole board up with people's names that we're believing God for. And then a fun thing is going to happen. Every time that someone accepts Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, we are going to celebrate it as a church. And when you come in and you say, you are not going to believe this, but so-and-so at my church, at my office, accepted Christ as their Savior, and they are now a Christian. And they are joining me in becoming a Christ follower. We are going to celebrate it as a church. And the reason why I'm turning these lights on right now is because as of January, right now, we have had 25 salvations at Cowboy Junction Church. And they are amazing stories. At, at Create, is that at the Create? A woman walked up to Heather, to Brandy Brister, and asked, what's the story? How she can know Jesus? She wanted to know Jesus, and Brandy got to lead her in the sinner's prayer, and then won her over to Heather and say, where's one of our cards? Because we got to follow up on her, and we ended up making a card right there out of pieces of paper, and, and, and then the other day, uh, someone brought 
Gosh, someone brought someone to church last week and she accepted Jesus as her Savior. And, and then this family, this family who has never heard the gospel before showed up uh, the week before last and, and together they all walked over together right over here. And, and it's this amazing story about lives being changed. But you know where it starts? When every person in this room starts believing for that one person. I can't even touch it without getting teary-eyed. <laughs> what if at the end of this year we see every one of these lights lit up as 603 people accepted Jesus Christ their personal Lord and Savior. Let me wrap this up. If you're in this room and you would say, I want to get comfortably uncomfortable, would you just bow your heads? Holy Spirit, we come to you. And there are those in this room that know you, love you, have a relationship with you, but we're ready to get comfortably uncomfortable. Only you can show us how this message applies to our heart. Only you can show us how this works in my world. This is a corporate message, but it is spoken to the individual. As we've got our heads bowed, Lord, I just pray right now, you would show us what I just heard. Father, how does it apply to my life? Lord, I pray for every person in this room who doesn't know you. And Father, I pray that even right now, they would search their heart. And in today's message, they would look and see that life can be so empty and we can be so lost. But it's all because we just haven't gone home. Where our Father is waiting for us, where He's made a path, all we have to do is just choose you. If you're in this room and you would say, Ty, I have never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but the way that I saw it today, I don't want to spend one more day away from him. I've got all kinds of issues, all kinds of things that aren't worked out. But according to what I heard, I don't have to get them worked out. That's a part of the faith growth. I just need to come just like I am. And that's what I want to do. I would love to pray for you. Well, I would love for you and I to get to pray together. But I need to know who you are. And, and right now, whether you know it or not, this whole room is praying for you right now. They don't even know you, but they're underneath their breath right now. They're praying. It's no accident that you're here. But I need you to just kind of step out. If you're in this room and you would say, Ty, I need Jesus. I would love to pray with you. But all I need you to do 
is I'm going to raise your hand and look up at me. And, and when you do it, I'm going to make eye contact with you. You can go back to it with your head bowed. But, but would you do that for me? Ty, I need Jesus. Would you just raise your hand and look up at me right now? Thank you. I see that. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, sometimes, as young Christians, we don't know how to pray. So let me give you some words, but make them your words. And this whole church is going to help. And remember, you're not joining the church. You're not saying this to me. This is your opportunity to use these words to describe your heart to our Father in Heaven. Here we go. Come on. Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for every time I chose something else and I didn't choose you. Today's different. I choose you. Thank you for your salvation. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I believe that you died and you rose again. And that life is available for me right now. Take over my thoughts, my heart, and show me how to live for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You guys ready? Are you ready? Today, one person just accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And in your seat are your tags. You may already know who your person is. Right now, I want you to write their name on that tag. And after church is over, we're going to dismiss. For the person who raised their hand, would you meet me over here? And I got some stuff I want to give you, okay? Uh, for our prayer team, we're going to come up here. And if there's anybody who wants to be prayed for, our prayer team would love to pray for you. So all our prayer team, if you'll just come forward right now. For everybody else, this is how it works. I'll take these off. But the stage is open. You are dismissed. Stand to your feet. It's time for us to love God, love people, and have no limits in our life. If you don't know who that person is, go home and pray about it. If you know who it is, would you just boldly and confidently come and hang their name on this board? You guys have a great week in the Lord. See you later.